Amen. Well, Christmas has a way of turning us into historians, at least uh, it does for me. Oftentimes around this time of year, I think back to a time when life uh, seemed simpler or easy or a little more stress-free for me. Uh, typically, I think back to when my brother and I were uh, just little kids uh, running around our house in Metro Detroit. It seemed uh, like the biggest stress in our lives was waiting for the J.C. Penney catalog to come so we could rifle through it and circle all of the presents that we wanted. Like we would skip past all of the pink stuff and go right to the G.I. Joes and the Transformers and the games. Uh, the most stress we ever experienced was uh, when we had to decide how our parents would know who to get uh, Mike or myself what, and so we would dog-ear the pages and write our initials uh, next to the gift. I remember as a little kid sneaking into my parents' room and looking underneath the bed and opening the closet door, uh, looking to see if we could find our presents. I know no children do that now. Correct? Noah? Cademan? You haven't been snooping, have you? That's right. I remember sitting at the adult table when uh, the adults would get a piece of pie with something strange on top of it, and uh, I would look at it and say, what's that? And they would say, those are pecans. And I would say, what are pecans? And they would say, they're nuts. And I would say, why would you put nuts on your pie? It makes no sense to me. But, but those were the things that we worried about when we were kids. I have a tendency this time of year uh, to look back. Something tells me I'm not the only one. I think you probably uh, do the same thing. Maybe you look back into your life when times were simpler or sweeter or more stress-free. Uh, just the other uh, week, I was looking through social media and Facebook, and I saw uh, people reminiscing about a better time in their own lives. They uh, said things like, I miss my mom. I wish I could have breakfast with my dad. I remember a conversation with a dad decades ago whose, whose son had run away hard and fast from the Lord. And I remember having a conversation with him and with tears in his eyes, he said, I just miss my little boy. We have a tendency in life to be historians, to look back to uh, the good old days. Uh, but we also like to look ahead, and I think Christmas uh, does that for us. It causes us to look ahead to a time when we will experience a better day or a more perfect day. Sometimes we dream about, as a people, what we wish life looked like. Right? If someone gave you a blank slate, an empty sheet of paper, and said, write the story of your life, something tells me that some of the details might look a little different than they do today. Uh, just the other day, Melissa, when we were standing in the kitchen, uh, came to me with a notepad and a pen, and there were columns on the piece of paper, and she said, what do you want for Christmas? Right? We were running out of time. She was starting to get nervous. The truth uh, is, though, the things that I really want for Christmas, I couldn't put on a piece of paper. 
How do I ask to spend meaningful time with people that I love? How do I express my desire to experience more joy or laughter in life? How do I communicate that what I really want more than anything is a little more peace and rest? How do I say that if truth be told, I really wish that my kids would receive everything they ever wanted on their Christmas list? How could I communicate that what I want is peace on earth and really perfection. I want perfection. I want life to look just a little bit different than it does now. Uh, oftentimes in life, we look to the past. We uh, remember what life used to be, and we look ahead to what life could be, a more perfect way of life. What's interesting is the Bible really does the same thing. Right? The Bible in the beginning of the story in Genesis uh, paints a picture of the ideal life, uh, a life that was free from the fallenness and brokenness of sin, a life that uh, really was perfect. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 says, and God, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Uh, it was really the only time in all of human history that people could look back and say, those were the good old days. And they really were. They were the good old days. But if you were to fast forward in this book and read the end of the story, you would read about a better day that is yet to come, but it is not here yet. Revelation chapter uh, 21 verse 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the, the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. I don't know about you, but when I read those words, uh, I have a desire, a longing in my soul to experience that. No more death, no, no, no more mourning crying or pain. We pine for the good old days or we constantly look forward to a better day that is yet uh, to come. But here we find ourselves like this day, uh, Tuesday. Right? It's just Tuesday. It is a, a Tuesday night. And on this Tuesday night, I can imagine that someone here uh, might be missing a loved one who is no longer uh, with them. On this Tuesday, someone might be picking up the pieces of a broken heart. Uh, on this particular Tuesday, someone might be anxious about what the future holds. On this Tuesday, someone here might be full of hope and anticipation for what tomorrow will bring, uh, and yet at the same time uh, be bracing themselves for a letdown. Uh, it, it is not because Scrooge wore off, wore off on us. It's not because Eeyore has visited us uh, that we think about those thoughts. It's because we live in a world that is hardwired not to work. In many ways, uh, our world is just like the world that Jesus entered into, uh, only with high-speed internet. Right? The, the climate when Jesus showed up on the scene uh, was marred by the abuse of power. Right? The Romans ruled over God's people. Uh, there were religious uh, zealots, religious legalism that had infiltrated a people of faith. Uh, there also were, were people who were apathetic uh, to the faith or the things 
of God. There were fractured and dysfunctional families and fractured and dysfunctional places of worship. Uh, there was uncertainty and fear and worry. Uh, the world that Jesus came to was much like the world uh, that we find ourselves in. Does any of that uh, sound familiar? Uh, but, but, it, it was this dark world, this world that was hardwired not to work, uh, that Jesus uh, came to and entered into uh, to walk among us. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. A good news of great joy. What uh, was the good news? Uh, what was the good news that was shared that day? Because I don't know if you've looked at the news recently, um, but it's not all good. I don't know if you've read the headlines lately, uh, but it seems like there's a more discouraging news in the world than there is good news. And so what was uh, the good news? Well, Scripture tells us the good news was for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior uh, has come. And that uh, was good news some 2,000 years ago, and it is still good news uh, today. It is uh, the news that you and I are so desperate uh, to hear. And this evening, I want to share with you why uh, I believe it is uh, not just good news, but the very best news you'll ever hear. Recently, I read an article that reminded me of this good news. It was a review of a 2018 documentary on the life of Fred Rogers. You know him as Mr. Rogers. I know it's, it's silly, but stick with me. Right? There is this scene in this documentary where Mr. Rogers uh, his, his wife, Joanne, is being interviewed, and she uh, recounts a question uh, that Mr. Rogers asked when he was on his deathbed. He said to his wife this, Am I a sheep? Am I a sheep? Uh, Mr. Rogers, literally the kindest man who ever walked the planet, uh, asked his wife on his deathbed, am I a sheep? Now, if you didn't grow up in the church, if you are here this evening and uh, you are considering uh, the faith, but you wouldn't necessarily associate yourself uh, with the faith, what he uh, was talking about is this picture from the Gospel of Matthew where people come before the Lord and there are uh, sheep and goats. Right? The sheep are God's people, and the goats 
uh, are not known by the Lord. It says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, uh, but the goats on uh, the left. And so Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, at the end of his life, is asking, in essence, like, am I, like, am I in? Am I a child of God? Am I a good with God? Mr. Rogers was essentially asking the question, was uh, I a good enough? Like, was I good enough? Uh, Joanne's answer to her dying husband uh, struck me uh, when I read it. I don't know if you've seen the documentary before. I suspect that a lot of us uh, have not. There's, there's, if you're a guy, there's not a lot of violence in it, so you, you might not have watched it. Uh, but, but Joanne said to her husband as he neared the end of his life, after he asked her the question, am I a sheep? Uh, she said to him, if anyone is a sheep, you are. Right? If, if anyone is a sheep, you are. And I, and I might be reading into this, uh, but in essence, what she was saying to him was like, of course you are. Like, you're Mr. Rogers. You're Mr. Rogers. You're the nicest man on the planet. If anyone is a sheep, you are. I think what she was telling her husband uh, that day is, is something that oftentimes we functionally believe, and that is this, like, if you're good enough, then you're good. Like, if you're nice enough, and you're gracious enough, and you're loving enough, uh, then you are in. You see, I think many of us answer that question in one of four ways when we think, am I good enough? Some of us simply say, like, yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am. I feel like I am good enough. I am a, a pretty good person. Other people might say, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm better than, like, fill in the blank. A few days ago, I was reading this article um, from the New Yorker about this gentleman who uh, is, is wrestling with cancer. He's dying from cancer, and he was sharing his memoir in this article. He um, would write on art, and I found myself reading this long story early in the morning, um, hearing about his life, and I had this thought creep into uh, my heart, and it was this, like, that guy has got some issues. Like, like, he had kind of a sketchy past. And as I was thinking that, I thought to myself, James, you are so self-righteous. So self-righteous. Like, reading his story and, and somehow comparing your life with his life. But sometimes we do that. Other times we say, listen, I'm not perfect, but I promise I will be better. <laughs> like, we, we say to the Lord, like, like, I'll, I'll improve. Like, I'll give it the old college try. I'll commit myself uh, to working harder and doing more and being more disciplined, right? We say, I'm not that, um, but I can attain that. Uh, or we say to ourselves simply and humbly, like, no. Like, I'm not. Like, in and of myself, I, I, am, I am not good enough. And if that is where uh, you find yourself this evening, I want you to know that I have very good news for you. 
I have very good news for you because the gospel is good news for uh, the broken. The gospel is good news for the needy. The gospel is good news for the dependent. The truth is that we are not uh, good enough. We are not good enough because God's standard is perfection. Like he, he is holy and righteous and good. The, the bar that we have to clear is perfection. And none of us can do it. Like we've all sinned. Like we're, we're messed up. Like we've sinned in word and thought and deed. We can't perform our way into a right relationship with God. And so we read the Bible and scripture. The law condemns us. We see all the things that's commanded of us. And we think to ourselves, I, like I can't do that. I can't do that perfectly no matter how hard I try. And because God is just, like he can't ignore that. Right? He can't ignore our sins. He can't sweep our sins under the rug. He can't say, listen, it's, it's no big deal. Like, it's Christmas time. It's on the house. Don't you worry about it. Like, God is just, but God is also uh, gracious, and he is merciful, and he is good. And so the gospel teaches us that God sent his son Jesus, who was born of a virgin, uh, to live a perfect life and to die a sinner's death. Uh, when Jesus was on the cross, the penalty uh, that belonged to me and to you was placed uh, on Jesus. Jesus was buried, and three days later, he rose again. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, we cannot be good enough, but our confidence in life does not come from our goodness. Our confidence uh, comes from Christ and from his perfection. Can I ask you a question tonight? Has there been a time when you have trusted in Jesus uh, for the forgiveness of your sins? Scripture says in the book of John, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become a children of God. Maybe you hear that news tonight and think that that news is good news for someone else. Maybe you hear that news and you think to yourself, like, that's good news for, for kids. But, like, I'm older and I'm smarter and I'm wiser and I've done a little bit of reading and that is not good news for me. Or maybe you think to yourself, James, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I've thought. You don't know my past. You certainly don't know my present. That is not good news uh, for me. And I just want to tell you um, that no... Uh, scripture says that this news is the very best news uh, for you and for me. Uh, the news that someone outside of ourselves has come uh, to rescue us. Uh, scripture says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 